Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey's denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What's up? I am Bone. And I am Beam, and you scared the hell out of me. My oh. headphones were up way too loud, and you were way too chipper on that. Oh, my God. I think little I had too, a heart attack. A little too chipper? A little chipper in the morning. Yeah, sorry about that, buddy. But we're here and we're excited because there's a lot to talk about uh, because we've got plenty of crew stuff to talk about today. Uh, Dom Tiberi is going to make the show. He's not on the show, but maybe someday. Maybe we could land Dom Tiberi on the Bone and Beam United podcast. We're at least going to talk about something Dom brought up this week. Uh, we're also going to talk about loaning players to teams you hate. We're going to talk about the derby this weekend between Manchester United and Manchester City mm-hmm. and uh president of Barcelona getting arrested for doing a thing I didn't know was illegal like it's def- <laughs> I didn't it's definitely a shady thing to do it's just I didn't know it was an illegal thing to do but uh we'll learn about Spanish law coming up later on yes. in the podcast Spanish but- law with Dom Tiberi <laughs> the new hottest uh you know uh, sitcom coming to TV near you Actually, Spanish law does sound like a Fleetwood Mac album or something that we all mm-hmm. missed. It's just like, oh, here's this unearthed B-sides. Spanish law. Mm, yeah, sultry. And it got downloaded to your phone without anybody knowing, and it's just <laughs> on there, like the U2 album. That's right. Yes, it just it just was put on your phone, and you can't, <laughs> you can't stop U2. They're coming for you. There's nothing you can do. They're undeniable. Um, speaking of undeniable, this jersey from the Columbus crew, the New mm-hmm. Jersey, is now out. And some people are undeniably mad about it. Uh, some people love the jersey. I I uh, I have not gotten into either camp of like super hating it or super loving it. I'm just I get what they're doing. It's a different looking jersey. If you've not seen it, it is uh, definitely not a yellow jersey. I mean, it is like a grayish white jersey. There's a lot of grayscale on it. I don't know that I would call it a fully gray jersey, right? Like it's there's there's white, it's but like when a, you yeah, it's a white gray hybrid thing. There's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of gray shapes on it. Um, I this was the here's the thing. MLS loves to have teams with white jerseys. I don't know why. I I think maybe in some way that's like their homage because MLS is in both camps. They are obsessed with looking like European teams and also equally obsessed with appealing to like NFL fans. And mm-hmm. so they will do things like, hey, this is Real Salt Lake, right? But then they will also say, oh, no, if we don't tell people that the white shirt is the home team, they're never going to know who's who. Like, you know, and I don't. Right. Which, again, that's not even what the NFL does. The NFL has white, usually it's the away jersey. But the point is they typically want to have teams have a white jersey. The crew have never had that or mostly have not had that. They had it a few different times. The baby blues, Bone. How can you forget about that? Well, they Columbus had, yeah, they had the baby blue shorts. They had, that was the four Columbus jersey. They did have the, remember the one uh, that was like yellow and black on the top and it had Barbasol as the sponsor. And then it was like from the chest down, it was plain white, but on the shoulders and like, you know, the clavicle area, it was all yellow and black. 
And then many, many years ago, Land Grant had those, if you remember those throwback cans that they put out a couple oh, sure. years ago, they had yeah, the those, white can with the vertical the, stripe. Yeah, the three yellow stripes. That's one of my favorite jerseys. That's Brian McBride era, Stern John era. I mean, that's definitely old school. So the crew have had white jerseys before. Uh, I, I think most of us fans like the fact that there's an all yellow kit. I mean, I prefer that to mm-hmm. anything else. But since they decided, okay, we're going to go away from that for a few years. It's it's not gone permanently, I don't think. I, I think this was an okay... It's unique. Like This does not look like anybody else's jersey. I think it kind of looks cool. Is it my favorite jersey? No. Um, but I'll probably buy one. I'll have one to wear for sure. I'm not buying the authentic one because... Those will come in fat boy sizes. All right, we need <laughs> we we need the replica because uh, we can't fit into the authentic. So uh, replica is the way for us. Well, because I I would assume the reason they make authentic jerseys is to be like this is what they wear on the field. It's exactly what their specifications are. It's like I don't mm-hmm. want their specifications because I'm not built like 140 so- pounds. <laughs> I'm not built like a soccer player. I'm, no, I need. I need non-accurate specifications. <laughs> I need very elaborate specifications. That's what I need. So. I need video game creative player specifications. Right. I need That's like I'm I need chonky boy size. So come on, <laughs> let's let's make that. So when that happens, I it's not because like I like the replica of people. Sometimes you get people like, oh, I gotta have the authentic. What are you too cheap to buy the authentic? It's like, well, number one, how dare you? Number two. No, it's I need it to fit me. So I'm, I'm when the replicas come out, I'm I'll get one. Like I'm not I'm not anti it. It's not my favorite jersey. That's where I am. I look at this jersey and you're right. I mean, I saw people going crazy about it. You know, some people loving it, some people not. I think it's just I'll have to reserve it to actually see it on the player's bone and see it on the field and what it looks like, you know, until I really make my full opinion on it. First thoughts of it though. Uh, I thought it looked pretty sweet. Like, I know it, it goes away traditionally from what you are, you know, as a club. And, like, it's not necessarily what you're used to wearing. But I think, like anything else, like, once you see it on the players and you see it in game action, it's going to look pretty good. Uh, I just I, – I really like that white-gray combo platter color that they've got going. Like, I don't know if I've ever really seen that on any, like – you know kits at all like i don't really know how to describe the color other than like white light gray or i don't i don't even know almost like a silver hue there so i think it's actually pretty cool like i'm gonna be excited to see how it looks like you know uh i think it the picture that they put out uh i saw you know at the stadium where they had the kid all set up like the, the shorts looked a little too neon for me and then when they put out a picture of, I believe it was Jossie Zardes in it, like the, the yellow actually looks like crew yellow. So I'm, I'm cool with that. It's just, it was a weird like combo. I thought like, all right, go with the black shorts. Like, I think it'll look better with that, but then you're not really incorporating yellow. So I don't really know. Like, I think it's fine. I think it actually looks pretty cool. I think for MLS cup champs, it actually like resembles the, uh, the trophy. So like i I think this is actually pretty sweet. I don't know if this is in the hopper before they won the title, but if you're paying homage to last year's team and being title winners, like they do sometimes with like actual like gold gold accents on jerseys yeah, yeah. when you're the champions, I think it's pretty sweet. You know, that's a good point because they are calling it the stadium jersey. Uh they are they are saying that it's the you know, the jersey that is kind of meant for you know, whatever that the, 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 this, the, like the little angular shapes on it are kind of meant to represent the, the facade going around the sure. roof. 
And that's that's kind of okay, whatever. That's fine. You you don't have to do that necessarily. But I'm with you. I would have personally. I wouldn't have called it the new stadium. I, like I would have said, this is the hardware jersey or the like. The, I don't know the silver jersey because it's like you know we just pulled some silver. We just we just won a trophy. That's what this is referencing. So whether that's the connection or not, I I do like that idea, and I think that is cool. By the way, I may not buy the replica jersey now because I was just looking at it. You know what kind of sucks about it? It's different. Well, it is, right. I mean, number one, the replica jerseys, for people who don't know, when you buy replica jerseys, they do not have the stars over the badge, which uh, more on the stars in a second, because there's a just so people are aware of how that works. But mm-hmm. um, they also don't have any yellow on that jersey other than in the badge. Like if you, I, I just found that they do have the replicas online, and I didn't know. Yeah, because the piping on like the arms are different. Yeah, right? the piping on the 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 collar and the sleeves. That's where the yellow accents are. Which I, as long as there's some yellow on it, I just don't want them to fully abandon the yellow because that is the identity of this team, and it will continue to be. And I already have heard from people I trust that this is and then this is how MLS works you have a jersey for a couple years and then you have a new jersey that's what they do they don't do every other they don't do a new one every year like they do in the Premier League uh, or many other leagues around the world but every couple years they'll change this and so yeah they'll they'll they may not change this one but they'll change you know the black one uh in a in I think next year probably is when that one will get updated because that got updated last year so mm-hmm. every year one of them will get updated eventually we'll cycle back into there being a yellow I'm I'm fully aware uh, or fully sure there'll be a yellow jersey but yeah if uh you want the two stars over the logo you got to get the authentic which I didn't think of um but for people who don't know how that works I've seen some people complaining too that the stars are vertical Yep, I was one of those people. I don't. I didn't really. Well, I mean, you got two yeah. stars, which is something to be happy about. So why don't you uh, drop a bone of education on us and, and let us know about that? So MLS actually, there is a standardized way that the stars work over the jersey. Now they used to do something I liked a lot more than this, um, but they changed it uh, years ago when the crew won MLS Cup the first time in two thousand eight. They did the. Um, what is the Scudetto? Isn't that what I believe that's called? Like in Italian soccer leagues, yeah, they will put the trophy, the actual, there's like an icon of the trophy that they put over top of the logo to signify that this is the team that just won the trophy. They are the defending champions. I think they do that in the Premier League too. I think Liverpool's got a, like a trophy patch on their okay. arm. Yeah, okay. So it's on the arm in the Premier League. And the crew jerseys from 2009, they had a, they had a star well, actually, I don't remember if they had the star first. I think they didn't put the star on until you you ran with the Scudetto for a year. And then the year after that was when you got the star. So that's what they used to do. And and other teams had that, too, where they already had a star. So that was like their second or third. Um, now, though, they put a and, and then a few years ago, they switched that to be a gold star, like a giant gold star over the smaller like silver star. That was your permanent star. Right. That's what they did in for the first year after you won. And actually, back in the day, I don't know if they're still doing this or not. I don't think they do. MLS in 2008, when the crew won, the ball that the crew played with at home was a silver soccer ball. Like everyone That's else elite. had the regular MLS color ball. And then the crew had their own special champions ball, which was I just think that's so cool where it's like, hey, you remember this ball? You know why it looks different? Because we're the bleeping champs. That's why you're playing the champs. Yeah, today. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was cool. I wish they would uh, continue to do stuff like that. But Anyway, after this season, that star that's over top of the first star, that will, as far as I understand it, that will move next to 
the other star. So you'll have two stars side by side over the crew logo. And then if the crew win it again this year and are defending champs and they win it again, uh, they'll get a star next year. A third star will go over top of those two. So it'll form like a little triangle, more or less. But okay. they used to make that star over the top a little bigger so you could see this is not the permanent logo. This is just signifying this team is the defending champion. That's what this that's why it's aligned that way but I don't think it'll stay that way past this year so if you don't like the way that looks that should change next year but as but if you want to get one that shows like hey I got this it's it's just one of those timepiece things too right where you can sure. say when I pull that jersey out it's like oh that's one from the year after they won the cup because that's 21 yeah, yeah. You, it's just just a way to know like almost I immediately what year the jersey's from which I kind of think is pretty cool so that's a, another the star thing is the silver, the only downside, I think, to that silver, other than it not being yellow, is that it is harder to see the two stars like from. Yeah, a distance. it's it's almost impossible to see them. like unless you're really looking for it. And I know that was a big thing with crew fans, right? Like I was talking to my neighbor who is a massive crew fan, and he said that he bought a jersey uh, right away. He likes him. He's like, it's just it's really tough to see him like, yeah, man, it is like, you know, you would think, I don't know, maybe at the part of the chest bone where that happened, like it would be black. So they would be a little more apparent. But I think that's the only that's the really the only thing like the vertical start. Now that you explained it to me. All right. That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's really hard to see it or like if you would have given them gold stars like mm -hmm. that would yeah been, i wish they would that would have been sweet i wish they did that i don't know i don't but also again i think the problem with this in part two is that they come up with these designs and then you don't know the team's gonna i mean like they've had this design in the hopper oh sure for a for over a year like right. i don't know that they settled on this design a year ago but i do know that over a year ago i had heard you will not have a yellow jersey. It will be what mostly white and black was what I had heard. And so they've, they've modified it. So obviously, that's how design works, right? Where you have ideas, they change. But they were clearly on a pathway where they said, we're not going to do a yellow jersey. And they didn't. So that's not something that they can suddenly, I'm guessing, change and go, oh, crap, wait, we're the defending champs. Uh, never mind. This right. was all this <laughs> this was all coincided with the launch of the new stadium. This was I'm sure a lot of this had to do with the idea of it's a new stadium. We don't know what we're going to be. That, also, when they designed this, there was no coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like at least right. some of it like they were not they were thinking, how can we get people excited to come out to our new stadium? Let's change the way we look a little bit. Let's entice new fans to come here. They didn't know. Fans are going to be like banging down the doors to get out of their house. <laughs> right. They didn't know the crew were going to be the defending champs. So like the jersey design, probably they could have just rolled with the yellow kits and nobody would have cared. Right. And I mean, it's nice to have a redesign. I'm just saying they I think were thinking of this as a way to help identify the team as being different than previous years. Well, that trophy that's now sitting over in the, you know, eventually in the new stadium that's going to identify that more than anything else. So it, they didn't know that when they started designing this. That's what I'm saying. I think they were trying to be a little more bold. Maybe in hindsight, they wouldn't have had to do that if they had known they were going to win the MLS Cup and hoist that. So there you go. Uh, let's talk about a guy who was on the championship winning team, didn't play mm -hmm. a ton, but he's moving on to greener pastures. That would be Sebastian Berhalter. Verde pastures, Bone. Get I'm right. sorry, Verde. How, how dare I call it green? You're exactly right. Uh, obviously, that's Greg Berhalter's son, U.S. Men's mm -hmm. National Team head coach, former crew coach. Uh, Sebastian Berhalter, an academy product for the crew, uh, all that stuff. That's, that's the development pipeline you want. But he's not getting the minutes, and they know he needs more. 
And uh, it going to guess that Aiden Morris is going to be eating up any minutes that Sebastian Berhalter was hoping to get. Like, yeah, kid who came in and just started for you in MLS Cup. And, and he was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. was awesome. Yeah. So obviously Sebastian Berhalter is going to need to find a way to get minutes. They want him to get minutes at an MLS level. They don't think, and I'm sure he does too. Uh, so they loaned him out to Austin FC. Were you surprised, Beamer, to see that they, not that they were loaning him out in MLS, because stuff like that happens, you see that in the Premier League, teams loan out players to other teams. Were you surprised to see him loan out to Austin FC? Uh... I think as a crew fan, yes. I think you are kind of surprised to see them doing business so early on. Uh, but you look at the actual like bones of that team and you know exactly like what their office is looking for. It's players who they're familiar with. You know, you could look at it from an actual roster level and say, yeah, the Aiden Morris is probably going to take a spot. Not too surprising. I do think it is a little peculiar, though. I, I will say that because, I mean, there is just this intrinsic kind of, I mean, dislike for that team. And there's no doubt about it. And is rightfully so. Like you sitting here in Columbus listening to this podcast, you probably don't like Austin FC. And I 100% get that. And I don't like them either. And we have talked about that uh, a lot of times on this podcast, Bone, when that was we were going through Save the Crew, right? I mean, you go back to our earlier episodes and it was mostly about that. Like we were doing it back then, like when the legal battles and everything were happening. And so I do find it a bit peculiar. I'm not, you know, like the most upset about it. It's not like they're poaching away like Lucas Delarion or something like that right, like that would right. be a bigger deal right uh, but I do think it's I do think it's interesting how this like the business transactions are already started with Austin uh, before they've even kicked the ball like I don't know it's just it's something it didn't rub me the wrong way by any means I just thought that it was very very odd and the name too the name that is attached to it and Burhalter like you know such good times in the city and remembering him before he took the U.S. men's national team job like I don't know my my I guess my word would just be in, interesting for the entire thing sure yeah I think that that's that's very honest like I as a fan don't like I guess I kind of wanted them to have a few years where there was like a no fly zone between those two teams. Yeah. I kind of wish that like for me, just as a fan, but I think a lot of people are with you on that. I think yeah. that there was 95%, maybe even 99% or a hundred percent of crew fans would agree with that statement. I mean, here's the other way to read it though, for whatever this is worth. And like I said, I would prefer them ignore Austin FC, never deal with them. They get phone calls from Anthony Precourt and they just go, sorry, new number, who this? Like, I don't mm -hmm. know what you're talking Austin about. Austin area code, click. It's yeah, like they a, don't even pick up. Get, right? Yeah, when you get those auto calls, you know, asking about your car warranty <laughs> and you pick it up and you're like, nope, silence that number for the rest of my life. Like, Austin area code, click. Must By be the way, a peso boy. If there is a team that I would predict in three years has a sponsorship from those people who say, we've been trying <laughs> to reach you about your car warranty, like, it's definitely Austin FC. But here's the other way to look at this. Perhaps this is the biggest flex one can do on your rivals, right? Where the crew have a player who in Sebastian Berhalter, he's not like chopped liver. He's expected to be a pretty decent MLS player at the very least, if not better than that. Um, he's got a long way to go, obviously. But but I mean, he was getting more minutes than than Aiden Morris at times last year for this team the flex is you just go to Austin and go, Oh yeah. It's this guy who's like our Academy product. Who's probably going to be one of your best players. We don't even need him. Like, like just we're so good. We can just drop off an Academy player for you to babysit. And we're not worried. It's going to hurt us. 
we're the mother effing crew. Like, do you think we're worried about a Sebastian Burhalter? It's actually no. going to help us in his development. Thank right. You and then much. if he's any good, we'll bring him back. And then you guys lose out on that. Oh, we'll give you $50,000 if he hits performance bonuses. Is it I, in Tam or Gam? Which one is that? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look which one. I think it's all it's all kind of the same now. It's all a little side nugget. When we talked to you know Tim Bezbachenko on here, yeah, I still don't understand Tam and Cam. He's literally the guy who underwrote those yeah. rules and yeah. knows it better than anyone in MLS. And I was sitting there just with a blank mind <laughs> in a blank stare. I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't necessarily totally get it either. But I do know this that like the crew would be a okay if Sebastian Beralter goes out there and is like a boss of the midfield and is awesome. And he's going out there like winning balls left and right, serving in great passes, getting some assists, maybe scores a goal or two. They're going to welcome him back and then they're going to either start using him as a player or they'll they'll move him on and get more assets. But like Austin, basically, they're going to try to develop him. If that works, the crew reap the benefits of it. And Austin gets, you know, what do you think Austin FC is going to come in and win the league? Have you looked at their roster? It's terrible. Like they they are going to be an awful team. I will be surprised. Like Cincinnati finally will not be one of the jokes of the league. Austin FC and Cincinnati are going to be like, you know, at least Austin, Cincinnati's making some big moves now in this offseason. They should not be the wooden spoon winners. Austin FC should be getting that deal. But you know what? If Sebastian Berhalter keeps them from being like the worst team in the league, all right, fine. But the second he's like proving to be any good, the crew can just obviously say, okay, cool. He's still our player. We loaned him to you. You don't get anything for this uh, other than the 50 grand. They said it if he hits certain perform performance benefits. So yeah, I'm totally fine with that. It's, it's a weird thing, but I'm getting, I guess I'm getting my head around it a little bit more. All I know is I didn't really want them to, I didn't want them to acknowledge Austin FC, like just for two years. I didn't even want to exactly. hear that. I'm with you on that. Just like, yeah, you guys don't even exist. But maybe that's their goal is to say, hey, look, MLS, now you know. We, we'll, we're willing to work with them. See, we did something. Take that, dong. Yeah, and now don't bug us about it. Maybe that's the other way to look at this. Uh, speaking of rivalries, Dom Tiberi, our guy, posted a little Twitter poll. He loves to ask questions of true, of crew fans. Uh, so he said, who, who is or will be the biggest rival of the Columbus crew? I saw people were up in arms about this. Uh, they were. Um, so the choices were Austin FC, FC Cincinnati, DC United, and Chicago Fire. I don't know who FC Cincinnati is. I only respect Kentucky FC. That's the yes. team I know. Mm -hmm. um, so winning this by a large margin with 69.4% of the vote, as I'm currently looking at it, was Kentucky FC. Yeah. Uh, Austin got 13.4% of the vote. Chicago got 10%. DC United got 7%. And some people are mad about this, but I'm I'm gonna say I don't. Why isn't San Jose listed on there? <laughs> it's one of our biggest rivals, buddy. Mm -hmm. It's rivalry week. That's when we get to play <laughs> San Jose. The league should never live that down, and they won't. Um, all I know is this: No, Cincinnati, Kentucky FC, they do not have the same history with the crew that DC United does, that the Chicago Fire do. Obviously, Austin hasn't even played a game. But the reality is rivalries exist for like whatever reason you want them to. You know what I mean? Sure. You you can decide after a playoff game that this is a rivalry between you and this other team. If if a playoff series happens enough, look at the Celtics and the Lakers, right? They weren't geographically close. They weren't even the same conference. Sure. And yet that was one of the biggest rivalries of the late 80s in the NBA was Celtics and Lakers. So Clearly, those develop because of NBA finals and, and all these big games they would play. You can have a rivalry for any reason. So 
the problem with DC United in Chicago is they don't really give crew fans of the last like 10 or 12 years, people who've, you know, joined in in the last decade. What would you have to be mad about playing those teams? When have they really like gotten you and been like, oh man, we can't lose to DC United because of all those other times where they killed us in the playoffs? Like, when did that happen in the last 10 years? It hasn't. They've been, those teams have largely been irrelevant. Yeah. And so from my perspective on this, right, I mean, if you've taken this journey the entire way through the podcast uh, with us, I mean, when we started this boom, like I really knew nothing about the crew. Right. I mean, you know, and so it's been a joy the last couple of years to be able to get to do this with you and get to meet crew fans and be able to do all that and really get, you know, ingrained kind of more into MLS, which is something I'm coming to like each and every year, I think, which is awesome. Uh, And so my answer to this would be would be KFC would be, you know, the Kentucky Football Club down there in Cincinnati. I mean, you got a team in your state you got a name to the rivalry the hell is real you know and so i like for me i'm with you on that like but i, I can't really speak for you know the other generations of fan who have witnessed those playoff battles with dc and chicago and i understand it and i know the history and that there are bad blood no doubt between those those two teams uh, or i guess the three teams with the crew and those other two uh but i think right now and moving into the future i think what cincinnati is trying to build and by the way like they're getting a new stadium and it looks awesome too like so i think you know with that the way that the question was worded if it was like who do you consider to be the crew's you know biggest rival over the last 20 years or whatever then you know it'd obviously be one of those two but if you're saying moving forward like it's Cincinnati for me and there's no doubt like yes there's bad blood with pre-court and it's just that will forever be in its own little like tin box of a thing right and the crew fans will never ever let let them live that down and that's something you're going to hold for the rest of your life against that team but you look at Cincinnati you know organically grown product they have upsets against you and so I think that that's the answer for me I mean you know it's just you're not too far away you're an hour and a half away from each other and hopefully you're getting two brand new stadiums that are going to be awesome and you went down there and kicked their ass before and you've done it again and again and a handful of times and so moving forward I think for me that's the answer yeah and and I think that you know Austin the calling it a rivalry is tough for me with Austin because I mean sure. the, the answer there is like you haven't kicked a, you haven't kicked the ball against them yeah yet. like we want to see them lose and lose badly right like that's what that's what we want to see we're hoping for that but the reality is there there's at this point I don't consider many teams to be on the cruise level. Like the the teams that I look into more as rivals right now are like I I I do not want to lose to FC Cincinnati. I do not sure. want to lose to Austin FC. But until any of those teams prove to me that they're a threat to keep the crew out of the playoffs or they're a threat to keep the crew from going back like I'm talking after what we saw last year. Let's just take away even the last few years of history. After this last year, what you saw, how many teams in MLS are better than this crew team on paper, on the field, wherever you want to stack it up? There's maybe two or three that are in that conversation. Okay. And Seattle's one of them that you have to be concerned about. Obviously, you saw like New England last year was tough, and I think they're improving this year. Philadelphia was really good in the regular season. I mean, there's definitely teams to be concerned about. Toronto will probably be back, Atlanta will probably be back. Those are teams I like. I want to get to a point where those are the games that I actually look more forward to. Sure. Than the rivalry games. Look at you know the 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 Browns and the Steelers this year. You know that that finally felt like a rivalry because yeah. there was actually something on the line. You know, Browns fans just wanted to beat the Steelers 
because we hate the Steelers. But it finally felt like, oh, man, there's a rivalry here because if we beat them, we go to the playoffs. If we beat them in the playoffs, we can advance to the next round. Like, and that right. happened. And then so, Steelers fans are fat or sad about it. Yeah, that's that's how rivalries, at least in my mind, that's where I want to see. That's that's where I am right now with my crew fan. I'm like, I don't want to lose these other teams. I don't want to lose Chicago or D.C., but they're irrelevant right now. And so is FC Cincinnati until they show me something. Austin is is a speck right now. I mean, we don't even know what they're going to be. So the teams, yeah. yes, all of these, I want to see these teams. I want to see them all lose. But I also want to see, like, when the crew play Kansas City, I want them to beat Kansas City, too. I just, like, I hate everyone but Columbus. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I hate everyone. <laughs> Screw everyone else ne- in this Negative league. bone. That's negative right. Bone I hate alert. every other team except for Columbus. That's where I am. That's my rivalry. By the way, with D.C. United, let me just give you this piece Why of history. Why you got to hate on Vancouver, man? They do, they've That's done nothing true. to That's us. That's true. Let me give you a little quick piece of history on D.C. United. Um so the crew played in the playoffs against D.C. in 97, 98, and 99. So that's the first four years of the league's existence. Three times in the conference finals, it was Columbus and D.C. Now, in those conference finals back in those days, it was a best of three. Because, again, MLS was still trying to figure out, like, how soccer worked. <laughs> that's <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't quite know how this all worked right so they were doing like well you in the you have like seven game playoffs in the nba mm-hmm. you have seven game playoffs in the world series like we should do less than that but something like that so they did a best of three so the first two years you know it worked out the dc ended up winning and the crew had to go home so this third year 99 i mean this is stern john brian mcbride the whole group is there i mean they're they're flying DC United wins the first game two to one. Columbus in the second game smacks them five to one. Okay. Now, wasn't a goal differential thing. It was just win the game. But you feel you beat a team five to one, you feel pretty good going into that third game, right? Mm-hmm. In the third game, DC United won four to nothing. Ugh. And so it just, you know, it's like you, you, you had two years of this team knocking out. You get them again in the third year in the conference finals. They're the only thing standing between you and an MLS Cup. And D.C. United, by the way, went on and won MLS Cup, uh, I think, each of those years. Or maybe, no, uh, I think Chicago got it in 98. But other than that, like, they, they won multiple titles. The first, I think they won three of the first four titles in the league or something like that. They, they were, D.C. was really good back then. So the crew felt like, we could have been DC United. We could have been the one with multiple championships had sure. we been able to get past DC United. So if you're wondering where that rivalry comes from, that's part of it. I mean, that's a small part of the history, but now you know. That's how the, some of that started. All right. Now we're smarter for that. Yeah, and now you know you can hate DC United. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. There's a little bit of a rivalry going on this week in between Manchester City and Manchester United. Slightly more, Slightly less important, I'm going to say, than hell is real, but it's there. It's... <laughs> It's kind of a big deal. Significantly less important, Bone, let's be honest. (laughs) We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about what can get you arrested in Spain. All that next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So this story about Barcelona is Mm -hmm. uh, pretty interesting. If you've not been following, we talked about the problems Barcelona's been having, Beamer, but... Uh, they apparently had some arrests occur due to the fact that the uh, team president a few years ago, it was rumored that he had hired a PR firm to write like 
texts and tweets and harmful things about some of the players. They actually set up like burner accounts and were ripping some of the current Barcelona players. Um, and so there's been an investigation into that. He denied that there was anything, you know, that he was involved directly with that. But now authorities in in Spain have arrested Josep Maria Bartomeo, Bartomeo who is the ex-president. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> That's right. The rock storms in. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, so he's been detained. And a police investigation into his misconduct is ongoing, according to Spanish media. So... I didn't know you couldn't do that is going to yeah. be what I would say. I didn't either. It said right here in an article said police arrived at Barca's offices to search for evidence in relation to the Barca gate social media scandal and later made the arrests. Uh, it's been one year since it was alleged that Barca under Bartomeu at the time paid a third party company to smear former players, current players and presidential candidates on social media. Barca strongly denied the allegations and rescinded their contract with I3 Ventures, the company behind all the social media accounts. An external audit by PricewaterhouseCoopers later declared that the Catalan club of any wrongdoing and also found that Barca did not pay an inflated price for a number of services with I3, absolving the club of any corruption on a financial level. I'm just reading over this bone and it's like Chris Nolan inception levels of just muck. <laughs> Like waiting through here, like, all right, you're paying this, pe you know, these people to have smear campaigns and have burner accounts like one. Is that a really crappy thing to do? Yes. I didn't know, however, that you could get arrested in Spain for doing that. No, like, I, I did not know. Either. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's pretty wild situation there. And so like all the stuff that has been bubbling up with Lionel Messi now for the better part of 18 months, you kind of see like, he knows exactly what's going on behind closed doors. They're obviously in a financial nightmare situation with being in debt. What was it? Two point something billion dollars. Yeah. He wants out. They're having club elections for a new president. This comes out. The guy gets arrested. Another club president nominate nominees coming out saying, if you don't elect me, Lionel Messi is going to be gone. Like it's just, it's, the wild west right now with it that sound, club and it's it so sound wild. like it you know one thing i think about when i see corruption like this which regardless of if i, I you know i i presume that like the ceos of giant fortune 500 companies are doing stuff like this every day oh, here in the sure. u.s like that they're you know oh what we didn't know that we had paid a firm to say things about we're this never other gonna short game stock but like <laughs> Right. But yeah. I, like I could understand how that would be illegal if you said like, um, don't eat this brand of cereal. It'll kill you. Signed this other brand of cereal. Like I could see how that's illegal because that's libel. Right. But if you're just like hiring people to be like, I, I don't think this player's any good. I don't like him. Carlos Puyol can kick rocks. Right. He stinks. Yeah. Like, I don't know how. Number one, I don't know what that does for you. Like if you're the team president, like how does that help you? Unless you're saying that diminishes your value. Now, maybe that's where the you know, maybe they are some libel laws or something where they're saying they were writing slanderous stuff or or certainly if anything that was being written was like this guy did something illegal and I saw it and I'm telling my story and that's all fake. Now, I don't know if that's what was going on, but that you can see how there could be some way that that's illegal. But I'll, I'll say this for corruption. Uh, I tend to think the people who engage in it at this level, like when you're the team president of a giant soccer team, the level of corruption that you're engaging in is the type of corruption that is so mucky and gross and hard to figure out where everything is that I don't think they'll ever sort this out fully. No. 
right? Like, like that guy, uh, Joseph Maria Bartomeo, like he's not doing this with his own credit card and his home address and like an account that's easily traced to him. Only Dogecoin. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like he's using, uh, he's using whatever he has to do to say, well, no, that wasn't me. Oh, okay. So someone who's related to me may have done something like this, but why, why would you think that was me? I didn't do that. Like I was reading a story. This is not about corruption, but just to show you how, how people can easily conceal what they're doing if they want to. Did you read the story about J.J. Watt with the Cardinals and what uh, levels he about went to? his agent coming out and saying that they took less money or something like that? No, no, that no, no, no not that. Where he did not want anyone to know he was going to the Cardinals. He wanted to be in control of the announcement. So they ordered like five or six team shirts so that they because they knew they were going to the Cardinals. But he right. just said, let's order five or six of the teams just so if anyone ever sees that this is going back to me. They don't know what team, you know, they can't figure out what team it is, right? Well, then he even went further and said, I actually decided to have like a buddy of mine order them and have them delivered to his house with his credit card. And then I, he sent them to me after they were delivered to him because he was afraid someone at like the Amazon district office would be like, JJ Watt, Cardinals, I figured it out. Like, so, so I'm just saying that's what JJ Watt did to make sure we didn't find out what team he was going to go to so he could have his fun social media announcement. It's like the scene in Burn After Reading. He's a spook, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. it. What did we learn here today? Uh, F is I know. <laughs> right. There's no way you're going to find out what this guy truly right, did. He Why get, are you so paranoid? Yeah, he may go to, he may go to jail. He may do all this stuff, but you, there's... I'm just saying you'll never truly get to the bottom of this. There's no way to get to the bottom. Well, of My question of this is like, what was the end game? What were you trying to accomplish? Like I said, unless this was building to like, oh, here's this horrible accusation against this player who costs us a lot of money and now we can void his contract, right? I mean, outside of something like that, I don't know where, like, it, 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 I guess maybe that's where the, the criminality comes in is what would the end game have been other than something that's that nefarious? where you're saying, we don't want to pay this guy $70 million this year, $50 million this year. How can we get out of this contract and save ourselves some money? Well, if a horrible lie were to come up about him that he committed some terrible crime or was accused of something by multiple people, like if that's what this was going towards, then that's, yes, obviously that's a whole nother level. But if it's just, I don't think this guy's good at right back anymore. Well, that's <laughs> right. That's not to me. That's not criminal. That's just shady. Like you shouldn't be doing that if you run the soccer team that that guy plays for. But yeah, anyway, that's wouldn't a, you think it would be more of a big deal if they like did it the other way? Like if the guy's really playing like crap or out of form where it's like, oh, this person's so good and like boosting their transfer value. Absolutely like, right. Because then too, part of the way you would get rid of the guy would be to say, well, these other teams wanted him and they paid us a bunch of money. What are we supposed to do? And the only way you do that is by driving up his value, not torpedoing it (laughs) i don't know man (laughs) it's so weird yeah what a weird what a weird situation that is but like i said will we ever get to the full bottom of it no will you ever like with a fifa scandal will you ever find out truly what actually happened no no there's no way that that level of still going on today yes yes a hundred percent it absolutely is and also it does make you wonder are any other clubs doing stuff like this and this guy just caught that's the other thing (laughs) it's really weird to think about um, all right, so your guys uh, mm. not exactly having the greatest run of form. They were looking good a couple months ago, but now Manchester United, uh, not they're, they're, they haven't lost in their last five matches. That's good. 
Uh, they haven't. Well, they've only won one of them though. So uh, you got you got Manchester City now. This is the derby. What are your feelings going into this one? 270 straight minutes, Bone, of scoreless play out of the Red Devils for Manchester United, heading up against one of the best teams that we've seen in a long time uh, in Manchester City. I don't know. I've lost the countless games of how many they've won in a row. Game being played at the Etihad, uh, not at Manchester United, not at the Theater of Dreams. Game is Sunday at 1130. I have zero expectations. I'm going to go with Man City 3, Manchester United nil. They don't break the win streak streak wow. uh they don't score a goal in all is uh yeah coming back to bite them so i don't know i think they're in a real real position right now with this struggle of form to not make the top four i mean yeah. i know west ham's uh at 45 points chelsea again at 44 liverpool struggling to get in there with 43 they're tied with everton i think this is the kind of form bone that they're in like it's going to be tough to shake they got ac milan to look forward to in the europa league uh in the round of 16 that game's happening next week uh but you look at their schedule man it's not not easy like you get city this week ac milan next week and then west ham the following weekend and the hammers obviously in a pretty good run of form right now so i feel like crap heading into this weekend yeah i'm sorry buddy that's no good i mean uh i, I it's hard again i always say i'm sorry and then i realize who i'm talking to it's a manchester united yeah. fan i should feel no empathy for you ever but yeah i, I get it because you thought your team had a legit run at the top possibly brewing and now that's all gone and now, like you said, if they don't stop the bleeding, this gets out of hand very quickly. Oh, it's the Bane and Batman situation. Like, just break me, you know, break the back over the knee. Like, that's, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's like, gonna happen. what are we, what are we, you know, you don't want to just screw around and have all this hope. It's either like, rip the hope out of me or let me know that this is going to change. So, yeah, big one for you this weekend. Although, obviously, like you said, I think like you come out of this with a draw, you feel elated, right? Oh, God, you feel good. You get a 1-1 draw here. Manchester United fans are going to be like, all right, we did something. This is a big deal. And then maybe you feel build, build off that confidence and, you know, stay up in the top four. That's your, your, your goal right now. And I think that's, I still think it's likely that that will happen. I don't think you're going to fall out of the top four, but yeah, you can't, you can't play like this and keep that spot. That's for damn sure. So uh, also big game today, but obviously if you're listening to this podcast, by the time you're hearing it, this, this game may already be played. So we're not going to talk about it much, but Chelsea and Liverpool, uh, obviously a very interesting tilt there yeah. for both teams for very different reasons. Uh, but there you go two uh, two former Bundesliga managers back at it, right? With uh, Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel. So mm-hmm. see how that plays out for those two squads. Anything else you're looking forward to this weekend uh, with uh, some of the action coming up? Anything else that's kind of on the radar for you? I don't know about this weekend, man. I saw Pat Murphy, you know, had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Take that video of the new crew stadium. Uh, it's amazing, man. Like the place is going to be awesome. That TIFO design that they have, like the wiring that they have in place for that is great. Uh, and yeah, not this weekend, Bone, but 99 days away from Euro 2021. So we're within the 100 day mark. Oh, for that. yeah, so, I see. Exciting. You know, what's crazy is the last time I thought about the Euros was like, man, I wish that was this summer last year. I remember thinking right. like, boy, we could have would have been nice if 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 that could be played. But obviously there were so many difficulties last year. There's there's no way they could. Now that's coming. And hopefully. Right. I mean, vaccines are going out. Hopefully yeah. that means in most countries. I know right now in Europe, it's obviously still a challenge for, you know, the continental tournament where you have teams that are, you know, from England have to go play in different spots because they don't want to spread the virus and you have to play it at these neutral venues. Hopefully there's a way to figure this out to where the Euros can be played and mostly without a hitch because, 
man, I, I, I could real. I'm jonesing to watch some international soccer, like from the national team side. Like that's something I feel like we've gotten a lot of our sports back. We've been able to watch a lot of soccer. We really haven't gotten to dive back into that side of things yet. So that'll be another step towards normalcy this summer. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking yeah, forward to it as, as well. absolutely. Well, man, I love big European competitions. It's it's awesome. I'll tell you what, it'd be really fun. Everybody, wear your masks, get your vaccines. Yep. Maybe we can get to a bar and have a little watch party for a Euro match. That's How about that for a little goal, right? How about that for all of us who are just like <laughs> trying to get through this? Let's have that as a goal, and maybe we will we can meet up at a bar at some point this summer. And that would be amazing. Count me oh, in for that. Yeah, same here. But we'll, we'll leave you with that pleasant thought. Till next week, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you then. It's Bone and Beam United.